Thank you, Brother Samson. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give him a good hand clap of praise. We love you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. That's it. Give him a good one. We magnify your name, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. It is my honor and privilege to be here today. And uh, my wife had every intention on coming, but she teaches at the school. And, and uh, some of the kids came sick and so they, they shared their sickness with my wife and as kids like to do so uh, she is not feeling very well and I appreciate your prayers uh, for her but uh, I'm glad to be in the house of God today and uh, excited what I feel and uh, I believe God's wanting to do a great work and, and uh, I believe he's going to do a quick work I believe God wants to do a quick work amen and I uh, appreciate the presence that I feel here, the, the, the liberty and, and the moving of his spirit. And, you know, you don't get that everywhere. And, and often, uh, sadly, more often than not, it's, sometimes it's tight and hard to preach places. Amen. But it's not tight or hard here. And I appreciate that. Um, and that goes with Without saying you have tremendous leadership, and we appreciate uh, Elder and Sister Sampson and, and uh, Brother Caleb Sampson and his wife. We appreciate them very much, and, and uh, they just want to have a move of God. Amen? And that's what it's all about. Amen? Hey, if he don't move, we're just wasting time. Amen? And uh, we've got to have him move. We've got to have his presence. It's the difference maker. It's what sets us apart, and uh, we're honored and privileged to be a part of the what God's doing, amen, in the kingdom of God, amen. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 5. <coughs> I still, uh, doctor diagnosed me with a viral cough, so I said you're going to be three months trying to get rid of that. I'm not contagious, so if I pray for you later on, you don't have to worry about it. I'm not contagious or anything like that, so I'll do my best not to cough all over you, though, but I will do that. But, but uh, so pray that God would touch my, my, my voice and... Um, I have a struggle with my voice anyway. I don't know if I told y'all or not, but I was goofing off and playing with my basketball with my brother, and he jumped up, and his, his shoulder caught me right in the Adam's apple a few years ago when I was driving down the road, and I, a couple of days later, and my throat started hurting. And I said, man, I don't feel right. Went to the doctor and realized why. My Adam's apple is all cockeyed. It's all over here. So, uh, But they took a camera down my throat, and everything's clear. They said, you're just going to have to take it easy and not talk very much for the rest of your life, or we can put a plate in your throat. I said, I'll do the first. But uh, taking it easy and not talking <laughs> is not <laughs> in line with what I do. But uh, anyway, so uh, there, you had to forgive me if I squeak and squall and, and do all that stuff. But uh, we're going we're gonna to obey God anyway. And, and I preach the, appreciate uh, his hand on my life. John chapter 5 and verse 7, one verse, and then we're going to dig into some other verses as we go along. Uh, if you got it, say amen. 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 The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. 
says, sir, I don't have anybody. I can see the water troubled while I'm coming. Somebody steps in front of me. Amen. I want to preach by the help of the Holy Ghost today four elements of a miracle. <coughs> four elements of a miracle. I asked you last Sunday night if there's anybody here that has, has, has a need that you need God to do and perform that only he can do. And several of you raised your hands, and, and I, I, I felt that when I pulled in the parking lot today, I just feel God's wanting to touch somebody in a special way. If you would, put down your Bibles, lift up your hands, and ask God to talk to us. Can we do that right now? God, I thank you, and I love you. I appreciate your goodness and mercy. God, I appreciate your word. God, it's already anointed, Lord. I'm asking for you to anoint me, God, because I don't have the vocabulary. I don't have the skill and knowledge, Lord Jesus. I need your help right now, God. Come on, let's pray that his word would find lodging place in our heart. God, we need you right now, Jesus. Talk to us, Lord. Let your word find that good ground. Let it penetrate, Lord. Let it help and heal and do what it was accomplished to do and sent out to do. God, we thank you. We love you. Everybody, one more time, give him a good hand clap of praise. Oh, yeah, a good hand clap of praise. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, has he been good to you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated uh, today. Thank you for standing. Four elements of a miracle. And I may, I may go a little slow today, but I just want to get this across as the Lord gave it to me. There are three things in this story that I read to you that will discourage you if you allow them to. Number one, I didn't read it to you, but it's the length of time waiting on your miracle. I'm telling you, there's things that will discourage you if you allow them to. For 38 years, he waited. 38 years is a long time to wait for uh, a specific thing to happen in your life. The Bible says it was a certain season. That means that it was, it was uh, they, they, they had an idea of when it was gonna happen. It was a certain time and it was a certain man and he had been there 38 years and I've, I've uh, taken the time to count the letters, the, 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 the conversation here, the words between Jesus and this man and it, it, it's amazing to know that it was to me anyway that in this story, but if you count the, all the words between the two um, men, their conversation, there's exactly 38 words. And so God had a word for every year he didn't get his miracle. And somebody needs to understand here today that just because you don't get it when you think you should get it doesn't mean God didn't have a word for you to get you through until you get it. Amen. I said, just because you don't get it when you think you should have got it, don't stop praying, don't stop believing, don't stop reading the word, don't stop attending church. You just keep coming. You just keep believing because I promise you in due season, you will reap if you faint not. Amen. But the length of time has a way of discouraging people. God, I've been praying this for a long time and nothing's happened. They haven't moved. Nothing's changed. I still got the same issue. I still got the same problem. Sometimes we've got to accept things in life. Amen, I understand that. That's what Paul was getting at. He said, I sought the Lord thrice and he asked him to remove the thorn in my flesh and he didn't do it. Some things in life we have to deal with, we have to live with. But 
There are other things that God just says it's not time yet. It's just not part of my plan yet. And sometimes if he blesses us too early, we're not mature enough to handle it. Sometimes if he does things, amen, kind of along with what our efforts are, we, we, we think something we did is what caused it. And so God allows time and space to go along to prove to us that he's still the one that does it, amen. And all I got to say to that is, God, however long it takes for you to show to me your power and your might, I'm willing to wait until it happens, amen, until you part the Red Sea, until you pour out the blessings of my life, I'm willing and ready to wait. But a lot of times waiting causes many to be discouraged. God doesn't love me. God doesn't think about me. God doesn't care about me. God's not interested in me. God forgot about me. Amen. Anybody ever had those thoughts go across your mind when you're sitting there and you have a petition, you have something you need God to do and it just hasn't been done. And the enemy likes to come in along the way and say, well, there's something wrong with you. That's why they did. They brought a blind boy to a blind young man to Jesus and the disciples first asked the question, well, who sinned? <coughs> Let me tell you. The devil loves to make you go on a guilt trip because you've got something that God hadn't fixed yet. Amen. I'm telling somebody, don't be discouraged. Amen. Go through the, go through the, the, the protocol. Make sure there's no sin in your life. Make sure you're doing everything right. And if, that's, if all that passes the test, then you just got to understand, listen, there's just some things God's going to do in his own time. Or there's some things that he might not do, but I'm still going to trust him. I'm still going to follow him. I'm still going to love him. I'm still going to trust him. I'm still going to pray for him. I, I'm still going to believe he's going to do it. I'm still believing he's going to heal my brother, my sister, whoever it may be. Don't let time or the lack of God doing it when you thought he should do it keep you from believing. Turn to your neighbor and say, he is able. The second thing that will discourage you is knowing you need help once you get to the pool and having nobody there. Isolation kills a lot of people. I said isolation kills a lot of people. They, don't, they, 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 they think that, well, I don't have anybody and I'm doing this all by myself and, and I'm all alone and nobody cares about me and he said, I have no man when I get there. I'm trying to get there, God, but I don't have anybody once I get there because I need somebody to get me in the pool. Amen. I need somebody to pick me up and drop me in the pool because I, I did a study in the pool. There's actually two pools. The first pool was a more shallow pool. It emptied it where the, where the more royals would get into and then it emptied into a deeper pool. That deeper pool was very deep. Some of Some would say it was like, up to 20, 30 feet deep. So a paralytic man getting dropped and falling in there, he's going to drown and die. And so he said, I got to have somebody else to get me in the pool. If, we, if we're not careful, the fact that we have nobody to get us in the pool will discourage us from even coming. 
Amen. I said the fact that we don't have anybody to help us get in the pool will discourage us from coming. Amen. I'm telling somebody right now, you know what helped get his miracle? He kept coming despite the fact he knew he had nobody to help him get in there. Somebody has to have a made up mind. I'm going to get in the pool. I'm going to get as close as I can. Even if I don't have anybody there to help me, even if my youth group's not praying with me, even if the music's not right, this, they're not right, that's not right. I'm going to go. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do my best to get there and see what happens when I get there I may not have anybody but I'm still coming I may know what it looks like when I get there but I'm still getting there man and when you're not when you're not dependent upon somebody else when you say I'm still coming I know I don't have anybody but that's not going to stop me I know nobody's not going to meet me there, but I'm still coming. I may be the only one in my family, but I'm still coming. I may be the only one in my house, but I'm still coming. I may be the only one. I'm still coming. I'm still coming. And I promise you, the more you determine I'm coming, despite the help, the more God's going to show up. I don't have any help. I'm still coming. Oh, somebody needs to throw their head back right now. Let the devil know that. I may not have it. I may not have any help. I may not have anybody on my side. I may not have anybody for me, but I'm still coming. I'm still showing up. I'm gonna get my miracle. I'm still on my way. Well, I don't have anybody. But keep coming. I don't have a mom and dad to help me. Keep coming. I got these ailments. I got these issues. Keep coming. I don't have it all put together. Keep coming. I don't have all my ducks in a row. I don't have everything lined up. Keep coming. I dropped the ball. I messed up. I'm Keep coming. I don't know what you've been told to by the enemy, but I'm here to tell you, you keep coming despite every reason to quit, despite every reason to give up. You determine this morning, I'm still coming because one of these days, he's going to touch me. One of these days, I'm going to walk out of here with my miracle. Third thing that would discourage you about this story is watching others get their miracle. Another steppeth down before me. I'm still coming even though I'm by myself. I've been doing it for 38 years. Time's not going to discourage me. But every time I get there, somebody else gets down in front. God touches somebody else. I'm talking to somebody today. You've got to be determined. You've got to refuse to be discouraged. The first element, I forgot to mention that, the first element for your miracle is you've got, to be refu- you've got to refuse to be discouraged. He had every reason to say, I'm not doing it. It's been, a long, it's been too long. I don't have anybody. I've got, I got to have somebody. It's not that I necessarily need. I have to have somebody to get me in the pool. I have to. And every time I get there, somebody beats me to it. I give up, God. I ain't trying no more. I'm done. But you know the phrase in there that triggered faith 
and connected the miraculous to the faith in this man, he says, but while I'm coming. Jesus said, don't you have anybody? He said, sir, I don't have anybody. But while I'm, and God loves effort. But while I'm coming, I'm, st I'm still doing it, God. I don't have anybody and it's been a long time and I know somebody's probably going to beat me there because it's happened for 38 years. But guess what, God? I'm still coming. I'm still showing up. And Jesus said, guess what, buddy? You're getting healed right now because you refused to be discouraged when you had every reason to quit. You had every reason to throw in the towel. You had every reason to turn your back and say, I'm never going back. You refused. And because that, you are getting healed right now. I'm telling somebody, your miracle, your miracle is depending on whether or not you refuse to be discouraged. I don't know when it's going to happen, but he said it would happen. So while I'm coming, while I'm coming, Jesus, I know you're going to, you're going to show up. He allowed his stumbling blocks be, as the saying is, turn into building blocks. What should have delayed him, what should have discouraged him, what should have convinced him to give up, actually put a tenacity in him, say, I'm still coming. Can you imagine? I, I, I want you to put this in perspective. Can you imagine knowing if we had a pool right here Knowing that in five minutes, the angel was going to come down and touch it. And the first one here got their miracle. Can you imagine watching for 38 years? You know it's coming. You feel it. It's a certain season. It wasn't just a surprise. It was just you knew it was about to happen. You could feel it moving. And you're scratching and clawing and trying and Somebody else gets it. Would you still be faithful? Would you still worship him? Would you still trust him? Would you still say he's Jehovah Jireh? He's my provider. Would you still? That's what triggered, that's what triggered the, mir the miraculous happening in Job. That's what happened in Job's life. He said, listen, you talk like a foolish woman. We, we, we received good of the Lord and, and now we're receiving evil. I don't understand it, but he is good. <laughs> he is great. He's kind. He's been faithful. And I'm not going to stop praising him just because it's not working out like I thought it would. I'm telling somebody right now, don't be discouraged while you're waiting for your miracle. Luke 18 and 6, hear what the unjust judge said. The second element in your miracle is a relentless petition. Hear what the unjust judge says, what Jesus said. Now let's go back. I wanted to read that first. Let's go back and see what the unjust judge said. He said in verse 2, there was in a city 
a judge, he didn't fear God nor regarded man. There was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest her by her continual coming she weary me. If it's all right, I only do this for, for, for maybe uh, it, it just it adds a little bit more clarity to it. I don't always do this, and I don't trust. I don't suggest you go by the King James version. But if it's all right, I want to do the NLT version. It says there was a judge in a certain city. He said who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her continual request. I want to ask you something. When's the last time you wore him out? When's the last time you got so desperate, you got so... You got so focused and determined. You said, I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to get a spirit of Jacob on me that says, you know what? I'm not letting go until you bless me. I'm not letting go today until I get a name change, until I get a, 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 the confidence that I'm not going to be destroyed by my brother. I'm not letting go this morning until he said, I got to do something because this woman is wearing me out. She won't quit night and day. No matter where I go, I'll run to her at Walmart she says hey you gonna do it it don't matter where I go she shows up says hey judge when you gonna fix my problem I'm telling you when was your situation so desperate that you said God I'm gonna bother you until you do something about it now hear what Jesus said about it all and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry how often? Day and night unto him. I'm telling you, the devil like to discourage you and just doing a quick prayer request and putting on a shelf or writing it out. I believe on writing it out. I believe in submitting it. But listen, you need to go back to your prayer drawer that you dropped your little note in and said, I need you to do this, God, and pull it back out and pray until something happens. Get a hold of God and say, I need a miracle right now, God, and I'm going to petition you until you get annoyed by my petition. That's what he said. Shall not God avenge his own, which cry day and night, though he bear long with them? Listen, God's not trying to play games with you, but he's trying to see if you're really going to be persistent. Because a lot of times we'll ask him for stuff and he gives it to us right away. Well, then it's just like a fast food drive through restaurant in your mind. God, I'm going to place my order, second window. I'm paying for that thing. Before you know it, I'm going to get me a burger and fries. If we're not careful, that's how we'll adopt our, our petitions to God. He bears long with us. We cry night and day. And he says this in verse 8, I tell you that he will avenge them 
speedily. I know what some of you are thinking right now. God, your definition of speed and my definition of speed is two different things. Because <laughs> I expected this yesterday, God. Right? But his thoughts aren't our thoughts. And his ways are not our ways. And the faster we realize that, the faster we're going to get our answer. Because we're going to trust him. Even when we don't trace him. We can't trace him. We don't, I don't know where you're at, God. I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. I know you're going to do it somehow. I know you're going to do it some way. I know you're going to, but I'm going to do my part. And I'm going to petition because that's one of the elements, uh, a relentless petition. I got to have an answer, God. Jacob said, Esau's coming. Esau's coming. And he told me the next time he sees me, he's going to kill me. And I got to know. I don't care if it's about to break dawn. I got to know. You got to tell me right now, God, when's the last time your need became that important that you said, God, I'll, I'll wrestle with you all night. I'll pray all night long. I'll do everything, anything I got to do, God, until you bless me. Jesus is looking for relentless faith. He, faith. He, clothed, he closed that last verse that I read to you with a question. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Is he going to find faith? Is he going to find somebody that says, I didn't get it 38 years ago. I'm still here and st I don't have anybody, but I'm still coming. Or is it going to be like the rich young ruler? What do I got to do to be saved? Well, sell all you have or uh, obey the commandments. Oh, I've done all those. Okay, well, then do this. And he didn't even answer God a word. He had one thing he had to lack. One thing he lacked. <laughs> I've never understood that because I lack more than one thing. Maybe y'all are perfect here in, 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 in uh, where's this, Seneca, Neosho. It's in Missouri. I know, I know that. But I'm telling you, I lack more than one thing. And this guy only lacked one thing, and he didn't even answer a word. I don't want anything in this world to keep me from, from saying, God, I'll do whatever it takes. And this man allowed possessions. He allowed things to keep him from getting what God had in store for him. I'm telling us right now, don't allow anything to discourage us. Don't stop being pers uh, persistent and relentless in your pursuit and petitions and saying, God, I need help. I need you to do this right now. It's okay to say, God, I need you to do this. The devil will tell you, don't bother God. Don't do this. He's not... Hey, I'm telling you, the devil's doing his best. He's doing his best to make, to make a weak church. Matthew 9 and 20, and behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years. 12 years. Notice, all, 
these all are, are, have something in common. There's, there's been some time involved here. First one was 38 years. The second one didn't give us the time frame, but she said she's been on him all the time. So it's, it was obviously not just a Wednesday night request. This has been going on for a long time. This lady, 12 years. And, and the, the third uh, element for a miracle is to be focused. <coughs> Let me explain it. Behold, a woman with, was dis, a disease with an issue of blood. 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. She, first of all, she came behind him. It's very significant to understand that she, she, she didn't want to uh, cause a scene. She was humbling herself. She was doing her best not to draw attention to herself. She purposely waited for him to pass by so she could come up from behind. And she said, everybody says, she said, within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I'll be whole. Now, I didn't read it to you, but the Bible says, uh, he asked the question later on, who touched me? And the disciple says, Jesus, okay, let me help you, Jesus. They're all around you. I don't know if you're past feeling, Jesus, but they're touching you. Everybody's touching you. Matter of fact, they're pressed up against you, Jesus. You're, you're telling me that somebody touched you. Well, Jesus, I hate to state the obvious. Everybody's been touching you. Everybody's wanting to get a piece of you, Jesus. He said, no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. Somebody touched me in a different way because I felt something come out of me. And, and let me tell you something. When you're focused on touching him and him not touching you, when you're focused on a piece of his clothing behind him, his feet, worship, when you're, when you're focused on touching him, God, you don't have to touch me. I'm going to touch you. You don't have to do anything to me. I, I know there's all kinds of people that are saying your name and doing all kinds of crazy things to get your attention. They're pressing up against you. They're telling you what they need. He, she said, but I said within myself, if I can just touch him, he don't have to touch me. He don't have to take time out from me. He don't have to draw his attention to me. But I've got enough faith that says if I am focused on touching him, I don't care what my neighbor's doing. I don't care what my friend's friends doing. I don't care what the week looks like. I'm going to touch him. I want to touch him. When you touch him, when you touch him, the H-E-M, the H-I-M touches you. When you say, I'm focused on touching him. I'm going to touch him. I don't, I'm not waiting for everything to be just right. I'm not waiting for them to sing my song. I'm going to touch him. I've got to touch him. She said, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. If I can, are you hearing me? If I can touch him, if I can just touch, if I can just touch him, I know I'll be made whole. If we're not careful, church will become a ritual, a routine. It'll become a habit. We'll do the songs we do. We'll do the dance we do. We'll do the clap we do. We'll do the run we do. We'll do the shout we do. And we'll never touch him. 
Is it in a shout? Is it in a dance? No, but that's part of it. We're lively people. If you think it's loud down here, heaven's going to be crazy. If you think I'm going to be all reserved and walking around, oh, hallelujah, no, it ain't happening. Because when we see him, we're going to throw our crowns at his feet. And we're going to worship him and magnify. Let me tell you something. Don't allow church or don't allow the things to become part of your habitual things you do as a human being. You focus on touching him. Every time you're in the house of God, you purpose, if I can touch him. They don't have to sing my song. They don't, I don't have to have a preacher. I need a preacher to be saved, but I don't have to have him to preach me to get me up off my pew. I know what he's done for me. I know how he set me free. I know how he delivered me. I know how he showed up when made away where there didn't seem to be no way. So you don't have to pump me, prime me. You don't have to motivate me. I'm coming with the purpose to touch him. I'm coming with a purpose to make sure I touch him. Learn the lesson this woman was trying to teach us today. She didn't ask him. She just determined to touch him. Are you hearing me? You're saying you just got through telling me to be relentless in my petition. Yeah. But be focused on touching him. God, here's my need. Now I'm going to worship you for a little bit. Here's what I need you to do, God. Now I'm going to magnify your name. Now I'm going to get you in the room. Now I'm going to touch you. Amen. And touching you. What's the old song says? Touching Jesus is all. That matters. I said, touching Jesus is all that matters. Then your life, it will never, never, never. Anybody got a, I got a witness in here tonight or today. Anybody is a witness to the fact that once you touch Jesus, your life will never, ever be the same. I, I don't have to have him touch me, but once I touch him, virtue comes. I'm telling you, it's a different kind of touch when you touch him because that's what unlocks the virtue. That unlocks the miraculous. That unlocks the power to touch your life. She knew if she touched him, she would be made whole. But Jesus turned about and said, daughter, be of good comfort. This is what ministered to me when God began to deal with me a few weeks ago about this. Be of good comfort, thy faith. This is why you've got to touch him. He didn't say, I didn't make you whole. I mean, this is God in flesh. He didn't say, you touched me and I made you whole. He said, thy faith. Because you said, if you can touch me, you'll be whole. And be of good cheer because it was your faith. When you are focused on touching him, you unlock faith that says, that's all I got to do. Because in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. I just got to get in his presence. I just got to get close to him. I just got to touch him. I just got to, I got to get near him. I've got to make my petition known, yes, but I got to get in his presence. I've got to, that's why the Bible says to enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving 
Hey man, you, you, that means you walk in those doors and you're thankful that you're here. You say, God, I thank you. I love you. You've been good to me. You give God thanksgiving. You're, you're giving God thanks for all the things. That, and the Bible says that it goes from there, from entering to getting into. It's not enter his course with praise. It's into. The access is granted to you once you begin praising and magnifying him to get into his presence. And get into his presence unlocks the miraculous. And so she said, I don't have to have him touch me. I've got to touch him. And how I do that is purpose in my heart. I'm not going to let go. I'm going to get a hold of him. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to push through the crowd. I don't care if they knock me down. I don't care if they try to discourage me. I don't care if I'm weak. I don't care if it's been 12 years. It doesn't matter. I'm going to purpose to touch him. And in doing so, virtue is going to come out because I got faith that once I touch him, I'm going to be whole. Is this all right? Does it make sense? The fourth element of a miracle is found in Matthew chapter five, uh, 15 and verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan. It's very important that they put that down there, a woman of Canaan. Not part of the house of Israel. Not the reason why he came. A woman of Canaan said, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Matthew 15 and 22. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. Here we go again, waiting on the Lord. He doesn't even answer her a word. And his disciples came up next and besought him saying, send her away for she cried after us. It's a sad day when church folks said, get this woman away from me, she's bothering me. But that's what they did. He didn't answer a word and so she found some of the disciples and said, hey, I, I got a daughter that's grievously vexed with the devil. Will you help? Can you help? And they came to Jesus and said, will you please get her away because she's bothering us. Listen, I don't care what kind of problem you got. Don't ever feel like you're a bother to the ministry of the saints of this church. I don't care how messed up your life is. I don't care if it's three o'clock in the morning and the devil tells you pull the trigger and God's telling you no, call the pastor, reach out to him. Don't you ever let anybody tell you that you don't matter, that you're not important enough just because you don't have all everything lined up, just because you're an outcast, just because you're a Canaanite, don't you ever let anybody tell you that you don't matter. You do too matter. You do too matter. And I'm telling you, there are people here that are saying, just let, let me have it. I'm gonna help you. We're gonna get through this. But they said, get away. Get her away from us, God. She's bothering us. It was on my heart this morning. Jesus said, uh, the, uh, Paul said about Jesus, rather, he said he made himself of no reputation. Now, I'm not saying, you're, I'm not telling you to go to the bar and sit on a bar stool and try to win somebody. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, the less we care about what people think of us, and the more we think, care about what God thinks about us. Oh, I better not go talk to that person because... Everybody in the town knows what kind of story they have. 
Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. Why? Because there's a woman there with five husbands. Now she's shacking up with somebody else, and she don't think she matters. Matter of fact, it was 80 miles from where he was at to where she was at. That's roughly about two and a half days of walking. He said, I'm going to leave right now and travel for two and a half days so I can find a woman in the middle of the day when she's not supposed to be there to let her know that I've got water for her, that she'll never thirst again if she partakes of what I'm offering her. I'm telling you, don't allow anybody's past to keep you from offering a hand of hope and saying, listen, I don't care what you did. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who's got a place for you. You've got a church that's going to help you. Don't you let anybody tell you, don't reach for that. Don't go there. You go and help somebody. But we're worried about our reputation so much. But Jesus made himself a no reputation. Took upon himself a form of a servant. Died a, a criminal's death. To show us the example we are to be. Again, we don't go to certain places. You can ask your pastor. Matter of fact, if you have to ask your pastor, you probably shouldn't go there. That, that was free. I don't have to charge you anything for that. If you think I need to ask him, probably don't need to go there. But don't ever stop reaching for people. And these disciples said, "That's hey, back to the story about the woman of the well. That's the reason why he sent the disciples away. Because they had so much hatred for the Samaritans. He said, I can't help this woman if I've got all this hatred around me. I got to get rid of them so I can help her. And guess what? When, when, when she goes back to the village and tells all the men, the Bible says they're all coming. When the disciples come there and they offer him something to eat, he said, look, I've already ate. I've got, my food's not of this world. I've already been fed because I've reached and ministered to somebody. And as they're talking and communing, and he said, by the way, look, behold. And he's pointing to a group of Samaritan men that are coming. And he said, behold, the fields are white and ready for harvest. You get your racism out of your head is what he was saying. You get your bigotry out of your head and you look, that's, that's the field. Listen, he came to save and to seeking to save that which was lost. It don't matter their color, their creed, their nationality. It don't matter what side of the track they're on. It don't matter how many mess ups they've had. It don't matter what they're addicted to. It don't matter their issues, their baggage, their things. I'm telling you, he came to save somebody that needed a savior. And we are to be his examples, his ambassadors to let them know there is a God that loves you. You have a place. But he answered her not a word. Disciples came up and said, hey, by the way, the fourth element I keep forgetting to tell you is to be content with the crumbs to be content with the crumbs he didn't answer a word the disciple said send her away she's crying after us but Jesus answered he finally answered the disciple said get her out here and he finally answers and he said I didn't come but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel then came she and worshiped. Oh, you think that would have been it? Because he inhabits the praises. He loves, he's, he's got created beings that all they do is worship him. 
And this sinner woman says, I'm so messed, my daughter's so messed up, God. Nobody's helping me. And so she turns to worship. And she begins to worship him. And the Bible says that he answered and said, it's not right, it's not meat that I take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. He looks at her worship and insults her. Says, listen, you're a dog. You don't deserve even a piece of bread. It's not right for me to give you bread. And she's worshiping God. Lord, help. Help me. He said, I don't help dogs. I didn't come for dogs. And then something happened to her. She said, truth, Lord. I know I'm a dog. I know. I know what I am. But even the dogs, they get crumbs. The Bible says if we have faith as a grain of mustard seed, mustard seed is about the size of the tip of a ballpoint pen, about the size of a crumb. And she said, yeah, I already know all this, God. I know I'm an outcast. I know you didn't come for me. I know you're not even listening to my worship right now. I know I'm a dog. And I just want to crumb. I just want a little piece. I'm content with just a crumb. See, let me tell you, let me, let me tell you how life does. Life Life likes to puff up things and make them bigger in your eyes and think, well, if I can get this point to that point, I'll have everything made. I'm a ducks in a row. Everything will be good. Everything will be great. The devil likes to prop things up and make things look great. And God's, God's trying to tell us today that sometimes when you want a miracle, sometimes when you're so desperate that you're relentless in your pursuit, you refuse to be discouraged, you're... you're you're, you're, you're just asking, 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 asking over and over. And, you're... and there comes a point in time in your life where you say, you know what, God? I don't have to have all that. I just want to cry. You don't have to knock me off my pew. It's like that man that came up to Jesus that day, or, or Jesus was talking about it, rather. He came up and he dropped to his knees at that altar and bowed his head and he beat his chest. He said, have mercy on me, God, I'm a sinner. Across the aisle, there's another man standing upright, looking all proper and pious. And, I mean, he's got holiness down to an art. He's got everything. He looks the part. Schooled. He's, he, know, he knows all the knowledge of, he's been trained. He's done all this. <coughs> and he said, oh, Lord, I'm so glad I'm not like him. If you're not careful, this is what I'm saying. If you're not careful, the devil will trip you up on what really matters in the kingdom of God. And if you get content with the crumbs, God's going to give you a whole lot more things. 
What did Solomon ask? He said, I don't want riches. I don't want fame. I don't want fortune. I don't want victory over my enemies. I just want wisdom, God. I'm okay, God, with some crumbs in my life. I'm okay, I'm okay with just, just some things in my life that maybe other people won't want. And, and God said, you know what, Solomon, because you didn't ask for all that, I'm going to give it all to you. God responds to people that says, you know what, it's not about all consumption. and all about just, I need, I need to be full, God. You need to satisfy me. You need to fill me. No, an element, the last element of a miracle is saying, you know what, God, I just want the crumbs. I, I just want to feel your presence. I just want to be in your, I just want to hear you say, well done. You don't have to, I don't have to have a position. I don't have to have any pl- uh, clout. I don't have to have a name. I just want you. Jesus I I just want some crumbs I'm content with the crumbs in my life because I know listen let me tell you the truth about all this the crumbs are not any less part of the bread it's like that beans and cornbread you eat you butter that cornbread up you dump all you can in that bowl at least I do anyway I don't know how y'all eat it in Missouri but but there's crumbs all over that plate. And she said, I'm okay with that because that is not any less of cornbread. I don't, I don't know if I'm making sense or not. I'm telling somebody right now, God's really interested in what we're seeking after. Are we kingdom-minded or are we building castles? I mean, they're arguing. You can, you can read the story. They're arguing over who's going to be greatest. This is what all this is about, has to do with. They're, they're arguing who's going to be greatest, who's going to be this, who's going to be that. And this woman that Jesus wouldn't even answer a word said, I just want a crumb as long as I'm in the kingdom, as long as I get to partake of the bread, as long as I get to be, that's all I want, that's all I desire. Listen, the devil likes to push things up and prop things up and say, look at that, look at that, you want to go after that? No, you just want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I just want to, that's why David said, I just rather be a, a doorkeeper in the house of God. As long as I'm in there, that's all that matters. I don't need the throne, I don't need the fame, I don't need the fortune, I just need to be in the kingdom. I just want to crumb, I'm satisfied if they never me. I'm okay if they nearly overlook me. I just want to be part of the kingdom. Just give me a crumb, Jesus. That's all I want. I just want a crumb, God. I just, I don't need much. Because I know the crumb is still just, it's got the same ingredients in the crumb as it does in the cornbread. It's not any less, not any less cornbread. I want you to stand with me right now. She said, of a truth, Lord. But there's something about dogs. They're okay with crumbs. One man came to Jesus one day and he said, look, I need your help, God. I need you. I need you to heal. I got a need, bad. Jesus said, okay, let's go. He said, oh, no, no. I'm not worthy that you should come to my house. Brownie point number one in the eyes of Jesus. I'm not worthy. When we stop walking in like we own the place, 
She said, I'm not worthy. But I'll tell you what I am. I'm a man of authority. I understand how authority works, Jesus. Because I got servants that if I tell them to go do something, I'll tell him, and he'll go tell him, and he'll go tell that servant, and that servant will finally get to the one that needs to do the job, and they'll do the job because of my word. And he said, I'm not, I'm not worthy that you should come to my house, Jesus. But if you just speak a word, I'm okay with a crumb. I'm okay with a crumb. Oh, man. Who wouldn't want Jesus to come to their house? Instant fame, instant credibility. And Jesus showed up. You're the new story in the, in the book. He said, no, I don't, you don't have to come to my house. I know who you are, and I'm okay with a crumb. And if you'll speak the word, Jesus, I know my servant will be healed. And you know what Jesus said? I haven't seen that kind of faith. I haven't seen the kind of faith that says all I need is a crumb. I'm satisfied with just a crumb. And the Bible says immediately. He goes home. And as he's going home, a servant's coming to him. Says, hey, guess what? He's healed. He said, well, I got a question for you. When was it? Oh, is that self-same hour I asked him for just a crumb? I'm telling somebody here today, if you'll lift up your hands right now and say, God, I know I'm a dog. Matter of fact, if I can find somebody that's a seamstress or something, I, I, I've got something I, wanna, I, wanna, I want somebody to make. I want somebody to make me something that looks like a dirty rag. I want it clean, but I want it to look dirty. I want to preach with that everywhere I go to remind myself of my righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. I don't, come on, somebody. God, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm a dog. I get it. I, that's why David said, who is man that you're mindful of him? Or the son of man that you had visited him. I'm telling you, we get so used to the presence of God that we take it for granted when, when God wants us to be satisfied with the crumbs and say, oh, I just... Come on, let's love him right now. Let's love him right now. Come on, talk to him. I'm nothing, God. I need your help, though. I know I'm a dog, God, but even dogs will never be begging crumbs. I want you to step out right now and come to this front if you need a miracle from God. There's only and I want you to do this. I want you to throw your hands up your eyes. You can get them or if you feel like you want to humble yourself and fall to your knees. Whatever you feel. But I want you to say, God, I'm of a truth. I am a dog, God. I'm okay with promise. Okay, God, but just a little. 
That's why Moses said, God, I want to see you face to face. And God said, you can't see me my face and live. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll walk by you and you can see the back of me. You can see the hinder parts. And Moses said, that's enough. I just want the dust of your feet to pass by. I just want the crumbs. Lord, that's enough for me. 